boys, they were spending the night before the Christmas event at their grandparents. So as usual, before they went to bed, the both boys knelt down near the side of the bed, and the younger ones started praying at really at the top of his lungs. He was just yelling and in prayer. And this is what he was praying, the younger boy. He prayed, God, I pray for a new bicycle. And he said, God, I pray for a new Nintendo. And he said, God, I pray for a mini drone. And his older brother who is sitting, who is kneeling down next to him, he just leaned over and he nudged him with his elbow probably and said this to the younger brother, why are you shouting your prayer? God is in death. And the little brother replied, not God, but my grandma is. You know, Christmas is understood by this current generation as gifts and fun and having a good time to play together with other kids because it's holiday season. Today, you know, the commercialized, religionized, as well as the spiritualized Christmas that we see was not the original Christmas. The original Christmas, in fact, really shook the foundations of the entire universe. The Christmas that today we see, it's modernized, it's altered, it is marred, and that's nothing to do with the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. But the original Christmas really shook the foundations of the universe. The original Christmas impacted the spiritual realm, it impacted the heavenly realm, it impacted the earthly kingdoms and even the ordinary people like you and me. Tremendous impact. And I was reading about the impact of today's Christmas in one of the blogs uh, from UK. Every year, Christmas makes tremendous amount of adverse impact in terms of environment, in terms of food wastage, in terms of wasting electricity, travel, release of you know, toxic carcinogen, uh, uh, carcinogens and carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and various other things, landfills and ocean fills and all those things. That's how Christmas impacts the world. If you can put the next slide, in UK alone, you can just come, through, come along with me over these numbers, more than 100 million rubbish in UK, right? Trash bags. Rubbish bags are thrown into either as a landfill or as a ocean fill during the Christmas period that weigh around 10,000 tons of trash bags are thrown into the landfills in UK alone. In UK alone, 64 million pounds of food is wasted during Christmas. That's more than 100 million Canadian dollars or 80 million US dollars is wasted at the time of Christmas. That's 7 million tons of food in UK alone. This includes 2 million turkeys are thrown away as a waste. 
5 million Christmas, Christmas puddings and as many as 74 million mince pies are thrown as a waste. And how to recycle these wastages? In order to recycle these wastages into energy, that much energy is required to waste, to recycle these wastages, that could power an average UK home for 57 long years. That much energy is wasted into recycling these food wastages. Each year in the UK, they say we use 227,000 miles of wrapping papers to wrap the gifts. That's equivalent to 50,000 trees being cut down. See the amount of impact the Christmas is making in today's world. If that is the statistics in the UK, can you imagine the wastage in the US? Five times more populated than UK. Can you imagine the wastage in Canada and other countries? How much wastage is you know, getting into, into landfills and ocean fills and in terms of you know, recycling activities during Christmas? Even in our houses, we see things are getting piled up Christmas after Christmas. So much of rubbish is piled up in terms of Christmas cards. We want to preserve the Christmas cards. For what? Are you with me? You look like as if your house is totally clean. You don't have the previous junk from the previous Christmas. And bow ties, <laughs> right? Ornaments, needles of the Christmas trees lying here and there. And we don't want to throw the old Christmas tree. We still keep the smaller Christmas tree because when our child is growing up, you know, we want to just use that Christmas tree. And we still have the bigger Christmas tree. We don't use Christmas trees, right? We are Pentecostals. We don't put Christmas trees. You do? No? Yes? 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 <laughs> okay. How much is the amount of wastage that we make during the season? That's the impact that Christmas is making in today's world. When we drive around the streets, don't you see the amount of wastages in terms of electricity? How many hours each day? How many bulbs? How many wattage of electricity? I mean, you may say that it's all good, lighting is good, you know, light is always good. But I want you to consider the wastage that Christmas makes to this world. But the original Christmas was not that we see today. The original Christmas was the epicenter of hope that shook the foundations of the entire universe. So this morning I'm glad to introduce a short sermon series called, if you can put the next slide, The Epicenter of Hope. Can you say that with me? The Epicenter of Hope, a Christmas that shook the foundations. Today I just want to give a little introduction for this three weeks or four weeks sermon series. If you can put the next slide, these are the three objectives of this sermon series. Number one, can you read it with me? To understand <coughs> the impact, Christmas, made when Christ was born. Number two, to keep Christ as the epicenter of hope when our faith is shaken. Number three, to propagate the original impact of Christmas to today's world. Three, I mean, I'm very clear about this objective. What is number one? Number one is what? Number two? Number three?
Now, if I, you know, uh, I do an introduction today to this series, it's going to be a short introduction, so, but then we'll have three remaining weeks to take this further. If you can put the next slide. So this is what we're going to talk about, the impact of Christmas in the heavenly realm. The impact of Christmas over the earthly kingdom. And third week, the final week, the impact of Christmas among the ordinary, like you and me. What impact Christmas make that it shook the foundations? And what impact did Christmas make that Christmas is considered as the epicenter of hope? There are two things I just want to share before we close. Number one, let's talk a little bit about the foundation of the devil's kingdom. Even though the devil was created to be a beautiful angel of God, and he was given a great responsibility top of the angelic host. And when he fell in sin, he had to leave his heavenly abode, not voluntarily, but he was pushed down to the earth, to the lower levels. And Bible says, in Revelations, we'll not go there, Revelation chapter 12, verses 4 and 9, Bible says, you need to come with me very closely, Bible says that he pulled down one third of the heavenly hosts along with him. And those are the gods and goddesses we see in the street corners in different countries today. The many of the angels, they were pulled down by Lucifer, is set up there so that people go and then worship. He is still powerful because God has not given the grace and the power and the anointing that he has given to him. But today he's not using it for God's glory. You can use the anointing that God has given against God. Do you know that? You can use the anointing that God has given you today to bring down God's kingdom and to build the devil's kingdom. So we need to be careful. How do we use the talents, the abilities that God has given to us? And he is using those talents and abilities and gifts that God has given against the kingdom of God today. So the devil established his kingdom on the earth since the time he was thrown from the heavenly abode into the earth. And he was establishing his kingdom very heavily. If you can come with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If God would have created the heavens and the earth, they, I'm sure they were just amazing. They were just perfect. No sin, nothing. Absolutely fine, absolutely perfect. But Genesis 1, 2 says, if you can come with me, the earth was without form. God wouldn't create an earth without form and void. God wouldn't create an earth with void and darkness. God wouldn't create darkness over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was just hovering over the face of the water. So between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 was the reign of the demonic kingdom on the face of this earth. And in Genesis chapter 1, chapter, chapter 1 verse 2, in fact, chapter 1 and chapter 2, God had to recreate everything. God had to recreate everything because devil destroyed everything. And now God is in the business of recreating everything. God recreated everything and devil again came and he deceived Adam and Eve. And he altered God's plan. He's a powerful guy. He's around today. He's around today. He's working in your life and in my life to take us away from God if you are not careful enough. 
And devil came to Adam and Eve and he altered the plan of God for mankind. And God seated on the throne in the heavenly realm turned aside and looked at his son Jesus. And that very single look involved death in it. That very single look involved bloodshed of his own son in it. And when he looked at Jesus, son Jesus nodded his head and said, yes, I'm willing. I'm willing. Then God pronounced the scriptures, the first, very first prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. We read in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Can you read with me? Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And I will go ahead and read loud, out loud. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your heel and you shall bruise, sorry, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise your heel. Since then, Satan was very aggressive. Satan was very aggressive. He knew, he understood the prophecy. Satan understands the prophecy much better than we do today. He understood the prophecy and he was just looking for what is that? Who is that woman's seed? Generation after generation. And he drew the entire world, entire mankind into sin so that God would destroy the entire mankind through the flood. There was a man called Noah. You know, today God is not looking for the whole church. God is looking for one person. God is looking, not looking for everybody. God is not, not looking for a mob. God is looking for, not looking for a movement. God is looking for one person. Through Noah, God preserved that seed. Every generation, every generation, the devil was trying to do many things to make sure the seed doesn't come. Not, we don't have time to go through all these things. But the devil was also a little lethargic. And he was thinking that he was keeping things under control. Jesus was born. And when Jesus was crucified, the devil really got fooled. He thought it's all done. He thought it's all done, but Jesus rose again from the dead. Bible says, if you can come with me to Colossians chapter 2, 15, that's what we are talking about, the impact the birth of Lord Jesus Christ made on the kingdom of the devil. Can you read with me? Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, Jesus made a public spectacle of them. Them includes... The spiritual forces that were working against the kingdom of God. So Jesus disarmed the principalities and the powers and he made them as a public spectacle. Triumphing over them in it. Paul writes this. Saying that Jesus took victory. When he rose from the dead victoriously. Jesus took victory. And the birth of Lord Jesus Christ really shook the foundations of the devil's kingdom. The second aspect is Christmas. I'm just giving an intro. Christmas is an epicenter of hope. So epicenter is a location directly above what is known as hypocenter or the focus of the earthquake where the earthquake begins. That's what is epicenter. Epicenter is located on the surface of this earth. It is just right below the hypocenter or the focus of the earthquake, that's, or the eye of the earthquake, that's where the earthquake begins. And it doesn't stay there 
it spreads, it propagates, it goes everywhere. So Christmas is a epicenter of hope. That simply means when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the hope started getting transmitted to the rest of the world. That's why we call it as epicenter of hope. So Christmas is the epicenter of hope. From there, the waves of hope is sent out to the men, entire mankind, generation after generation. If you can come with me to Romans chapter 15, Paul is writing, quoting a prophetical scripture from the book of Isaiah. And, <coughs> excuse me, and this is what he says. Can you read with me Romans 15, 12? And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. We are talking about the birth of Jesus Christ being the epicenter of hope. That's what prophet Isaiah says. Even before Jews rejected Jesus, prophetically Isaiah was telling that he is going to be the hope for the Gentiles. He's going to be the hope of nations. You know, because Christ was born, today, if you look into our situation, because Christ was born, we are redeemed today. Because we are redeemed today, we have hope of eternity. So there is no reason, no wonder why we cannot say that, you know, the, the hope or the birth of Lord Jesus Christ is the epicenter. In fact, the epicenter of hope was Bethlehem. That's where our Savior was born. And from there we hear the news of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ getting and getting transmitted into generations after generations. Even today we receive that and our children receive that and that comes with a lot of hope. Not only the hope on this earth but it's also hope to live eternally with the Lord God forever. When the angels announced the shepherd, shepherds, can you read with me? Luke chapter 2 verse 10 and 11, can you read with me well-known scriptures? The angel said to them, the voice of the angel, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And he announced, saying that, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The waves of hope from the voice of the angels getting transmitted to the rest of the world, but at the same time, shaking the kingdom of devil, shaking the kingdom of the earthly kings, and also giving hope to the ordinary people like you and me. So this morning, the message is that Jesus was born, and because he came down from heaven, we have hope that we will be with him one day. So in the coming weeks, we are going to talk a couple of things, and today we are going to conclude. This is what, if you can put the next slide, this is what we are going to talk about in the coming days. How the birth of Lord Jesus Christ shook the devil's kingdom. How the birth of Lord Jesus Christ shook the earthly kingdom. And how birth of Jesus Christ impacted, or still impacting, the ordinary people like you and me. Shall we all arise this morning?